Welcome to Jay Madison's Rural America. It's a journey through the stories impacting rural economies and country lifestyles. Jay Madison's Rural America is also a production of Jefferson County Economic Development. Now here's Jay. Hey, and welcome back to Jay Madison's Rural America. I am your host, Jay Madison, and we have a really special treat for you. In addition to the one and only Ron Robbins down there at his, <laughs> <laughs> at his Southern Command Center. <laughs> oh, boy, Ron. <laughs> we, we've got a character here in the studio with me. Uh, the one and only, uh, has been known as the Grinch before, Alan Waltz. How you doing, sir? Da, 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 da. <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, well, it, thank oh, you. Listen, thank you very listen much. Listen to the applause yeah. from the audience. That's well, just I great. deserve it. You do. You do. You absolutely <laughs> do. Oh, okay. <laughs> been some production improvements around here since the last time I was here. Well, we have that live audience yeah. now, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, they like us. Yeah. I think. Three of them. Al, yeah. how are you doing? Excellent, right? Excellent. Good to be back. Good. Good. Good to have you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've been missing him, Ronnie. You know, he's been been on a secret mission. uh, He's been on a secret mission in the northern climate of Jefferson County. Yeah, yeah. So, Al, one of the. Yeah, very hush hush. So, you were telling me uh, before we get into the agricultural stuff that we're supposed to talk about here on the podcast. Uh, you were telling me that you had uh, some bear experience. Yeah, some quite fully the, clothed bear. Well, I, I live I out just here. Want to clarify y- that? Yeah, yeah, yeah thank exactly. You. Thank you very much. And I live out in Calcium. I have an acre in uh, Calcium, right on the edge of town there, and uh, been in the family for years. And uh, oh, a couple of months ago now, I guess it was, I have a couple of apple trees, one down at the bottom of the hill, one on the top of the hill. Well, th- there was an incredible apple crop on those trees this year. Yeah, Biggest I've crop. ever seen. Yeah. Man, I go out every day, grab one off the tree, you know, uh-huh, and, uh-huh. And for, for breakfast. And uh, I go out one morning. Now, the apple crop, I couldn't keep up with it. it just, they just covered the ground. I mean, really? covered, wow. covered, covered the ground surrounding the tree on the top of the hill. And uh, I go out there one morning, they're gone. The <laughs> apples are gone. I mean, it's like somebody came through with a vacuum cleaner and cleaned them out. And I thought, what? Who did this? How did this happen? You know? And then I so I'm walking around the hill a little bit. Big piles of loose bear scat. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, lots of it. <laughs> lots of more than I've ever seen. You know, uh-huh. you know, you might be out in the woods and you might see a little bear scat yeah, yeah, here yeah, and once there. once in a while. Yeah, and uh, boy, it, it was everywhere on the side of the hill, and the apples were all gone. There's no doubt about it. Well, up there in that neck of the woods, there are some pears around, absolutely. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm sure. I've never seen so, one. But. So you've got a trail cam out. Well, yeah, my brother, uh, Ron, came, uh, came over with one of his trail cams, and we set it up and I didn't get a bear on it. I was having, it's an old cam and I was having trouble getting it to work, you know, and um, I didn't didn't get uh, the bear on it, but I got some deer on it. Big does, the biggest does I've ever seen uh, roaming around the property and I have seen them. They ended up on the cam and I got a big fox on the the trail cam too. 
Well, Ron, I was telling Al before we uh, started recording this morning, I was telling Al there's a secret to getting bears on your trail camera. Okay. How do you do that? <laughs> well, you, number one, you got to go spend the night out in the woods. So you grab a sleeping bag, set your sleeping bag up in front of the camera, and then take some peanut butter and just rub it on the sleeping bag. I guarantee Al. You'll get a picture of that bear on your trail yeah, cam. You're a bear burrito. <laughs> Human burrito. Crunchy, yeah. crunchy outside hand. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, try man. it out, Al. Yeah. I swear to God, it'll be, make for a great podcast yeah. afterwards. Yeah, that's for sure, yeah. <laughs> well, you're both invited to my funeral. <laughs> we'll talk about you on the show. Yeah. Well, it's good to have you back on, sir. We're, well, thanks. We appreciate you coming down and joining us. Now, Ron, you're uh, coming to us from down in Florida still. Yeah, I'm still down here. I'll be flying back home next Wednesday, and uh, things have been good down here. The weather's been great. I understand, though, you've actually had some pretty mild temperatures after our Armageddon snow event, <laughs> right? Uh, I've never seen such a thing, the way this has gone so far yeah, the last month. It's incredible. It's, it's been crazy. We had that big I mean, snowstorm. we went from, we were, the first week of November, we were in the 70s. Yep. Uh, the first two weeks of November, really. And then all of a sudden, we get four or five feet of snow. And then <laughs> back, I mean, Nancy sent me a picture yesterday. She was outside with just a, a, a golf shirt on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was mild. Yeah, so. drizzly. Yeah, that, that's been the only thing. It's the past few days have been yeah. drizzly. Drizzly. Yeah, I'd yeah. rather have it be cold and I, sunny. I'd rather have snow than snow this drizzly than, stuff than this yeah. stuff that we're yeah. getting right yeah. now. Uh, somebody else said that this morning that it's just been kind of uh, you know that cloudy drizzle and everything's kind of saturated yeah, now, it's clammy. You know, yeah, that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 been crazy uh, the way the weather's been. I mean, to be this warm this late. I mean, for the wildlife, it's great. Uh, they shouldn't be stressed at all right now. You know, the snow's gone for for most areas except up. I think it, where they really got hammered with the you know five six feet of snow. I think there's still some snow on the ground there, but it's it's mostly gone at this point. Uh, but, you know, down in the southern part of the county, I don't know if you'll find any snow. Any no, we, we don't have any at home. Everything is totally bare. Well, hey, uh, swinging to the agricultural side of things, uh, I had the opportunity to attend the New York Farm Bureau annual conference and um, business meeting, policy meeting out in Buffalo uh, just a couple days ago. Uh, really enjoyed uh, getting out there. It's my first time serving as a as a uh, board member uh, for Jefferson County Farm Bureau and attending the meeting. Their their uh, theme for the meeting was focusing on the future, and I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. Have you you've been to those before, haven't you, Ron? Oh yeah, yeah. In in the day, uh, you know, when I was active in County Farm Bureau, I was a delegate for annual meeting for a number of years. Uh, you know, uh, always a great. Uh, you know, it was always the the go to event of the year. I mean, back in the day, Jay, we, you know, they used to have those annual meetings down in the Catskills when they had the resorts down there, and my God, they would have, you know, at the at the at the banquet, uh, you know, the Wednesday night dinner, I mean, there'd be a thousand people there. Wow. And, I That's, mean, it was, wow, yeah. 
And, and of course, Jefferson and Lewis County were always uh, highly recognized for our ability to throw an after party late that night. <laughs> it's good to be known for it's something. It's good to be known yeah. for something, <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, there was there was always lots of stories to tell about uh, some of the goings on at the after parties, but uh, <laughs> well, I did to say on Thursday morning's delegate session, uh, there it was it was always a struggle to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will I will say that back in my soil and water conservation days, when I was a, a young guy at soil and water conservation annual meetings they uh the reputation there was forget that final morning it just right. wasn't worth yeah. it <laughs> no yeah. sense of having anything serious going on but you know seriously jay uh you know that was always it was uh it's always been an event where you know the state agriculture from all across new york state would come together for you know two or three back then it was three days actually and, um, you know, there would be, you know, some keynote speakers and some other things. But generally, the, the highlight was the, the policy session where, you know, debate would happen on and debate would happen amongst various areas of the state. You had Long Island. You had, you know, certainly Western New York, Northern New York, you know, Eastern New York. You had, you had all the regions, the southern tier and. And while agriculture is certainly different, uh, considerably different when you think about Long Island versus northern New York, but it, it was always great to see, you know, how consensus uh, would happen and debate would take place, consensus would happen, people would disagree, but yet they could still go to the after party. And uh, unfortunately, nowadays in our political system, it's kind of, uh, we've lost some of that where respect for one another and and respect for differing opinions and but you know it was always really healthy uh debate and something that we always look forward to yeah and i th i think that still does happen at uh farm bureau not not with the size you know of the crowd that you're talking about at least not that i'm aware of but uh you know my my experience what i hear is that um they still come together they do have some pretty uh pretty good debate at the meetings um, and and eventually arrive at some kind of consensus on their policy. But, you know, that is what the beauty of Farm Bureau is. It is that grassroots voice for agriculture across New York State and across the nation. It's farmers uh, at the county level that, you know, say, hey, this is an important issue and we should be talking to the elected officials in Albany. We should be talking to the elected officials in Washington, D.C., uh, uh, you know, expressing this opinion. And then that, that opinion, that policy uh, recommendation starts at that county level and then travels up to uh, district and state. And then if it needs to, it goes beyond to the national level. So that still happens. And that's the beauty of Farm Bureau. Um, and it was my opportunity to see it in action there the other day is, is that local grassroots voice. You don't see that much anymore, unfortunately. It's nice to have an organization that does that. And they do it. Yeah. Too. They they, they've do been it. around forever, haven't they? Oh boy! Long time. Well, look how old Ron is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
I'm sorry, Ron. I just couldn't pass that. Well, that was an appropriate remark, though. I do believe (laughs) it. It's good to have you back, Al. Oh, well, thank you. Thank thank you, Jay. So, any comment, Ron? No. I. you know, true statement. He <laughs> <laughs> can't argue with it, right? <laughs> so let's see. I do not know when, I, I, off the top of my head, I do not know when Farm Bureau uh, first came to be. I'm looking to see in this little booklet if they happen to give that history. I don't think they do. It seems to me they've been around forever. It's been a long, yeah. been a long time, yeah. Been a long time. Well, actually, Farm Bureau was founded in Broome County, and, and National Farm Bureau was, uh, I think, if you think back in the history, was actually created in Broome County, New York. Wow. That's right. Yes, it was. Wow. For yeah. the folks that don't know, Broome County is is the Binghamton area. Yeah. Um, you know, southern, you know, along the southern border with Pennsylvania. Some beautiful farms yeah, down that beautiful way. Some farms down there. And I do remember that now that you say that, that that is where the, you know, origins of Farm Bureau across the nation uh, came from, is right there in Broome County, the Binghamton area. So, uh, good point, Ron. Good point. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there were a lot of great presentations that I saw. Um, I only went down for the day. I drove out to Buffalo early in the morning, and then I had to come back that evening because I just had too much uh, scheduled around both sides of it. But I I had the opportunity to see some of the uh, panel presentations that went on. Um, First thing in the morning, they talk more about economics. They had uh, Robert Duffy, who's former lieutenant governor of New York. He's now the CEO of the uh, Chamber of Commerce out there for Rochester, New York. Uh, he was the moderator. They had Dr. Richard Stoop, who we had on the uh, uh, here on the podcast just a, a few weeks ago. Uh, Veronica Nye from American Farm Bureau Federation, an economist with them, and Mike Duran, a, f- a Food Industry Alliance representative. And uh, they talked about the economics of agriculture and where things are going and some of the challenges. And one of the big pieces of conversation in that panel discussion was the whole labor issue in what's happening here in New York with the uh, state uh, regulations, the farm labor laws, the minimum wage laws, and the impacts that's having on agriculture. Uh, So that was a big uh, part of the discussion there. The one that I really was became interested in as the panel discussion was occurring was the second panel, which was uh, moderated by Ben Holton. He's the dean of the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences at Cornell University. The uh, panelists were uh, Chelsea Gazio, and I'm, I'm probably going to kill her name, uh, Gazio. Uh, she is with the Working Lands Alliance for American Farm Trust. And then Andy Bicking, who is with Scenic Hudson, an environmental group um, down there in the Hudson River Valley. And they were talking about climate change, the impacts of climate change, and how that involves farms and agriculture, and especially the, um, the uh, climate action plan that's been put in place here in New York State. And Al, uh, you'd be proud of me. Ron, I think you'd be proud of me. Um, I, I did... Uh, I did. Uh, I didn't ruffle feathers, but I opened some eyes down there uh, because I went up in the question and answer period. I went up and asked the question of the panelists 
um, because they were talking about the climate action plan here in New York and the positives and the negatives and, you know, the, the environmental guy, he was talking about how, you know, there's so much more we should be doing and, you know, there's good things that agriculture can do. But none of them had talked about the food processing plants. So I went up at the uh, question and answer period and I asked a question of all the panelists. I said, you know, who here can tell me how our food processing companies across New York State are going to come into compliance with the regulations regarding moving away from the use of natural gas, how they're going to do that here by, what, 2050, I think the deadline is, or maybe even earlier than that. How are, how are our food processing plants going to move away from the use of natural gas by that point in time? And how is New York State going to help them? Yeah, nobody, yeah. nobody had an answer. In fact, it was more deer in the headlights, <laughs> headlights look of, oh. Yeah. And that uh, is scary thought right there. Of course, it's something I think we all, we kind of knew deep down that, that they have not put any thought to any of these climate so-called climate policies and and deadlines that i mean and even if it was possible there's no way it would happen in that short of a time frame no no how do you take our two dairy processing plants here in jefferson county great lakes cheese and hp hood which operate off of great lakes cheese has a natural gas line that feeds the plant and hp hood uses compressed natural gas because they don't have a access to a natural gas line um how do you take those two plants and convert them to all electricity within the amount of time that is required by the climate action plan well you know if these folks had been honest they would have said it can't said it can't be done well i i, I don't want to paint the picture al that they weren't being honest because they all right, said right, we don't yeah, know yeah so that well, was if they were based in reality, I suppose. Yeah. If the plan was based in reality, yeah. if the state was dealing with reality, yeah. they'd be honest. These were just people that you know participate in that whole effort. So I, I don't want to paint a bad picture of them. It really, it, it was a loaded question, uh, but it was meant to open people's eyes. And as I walked back from asking that question, I heard a lot of people in the audience sort of gasp a little bit. <laughs> That number one, how can he ask how that? How can he ask that question? <laughs> and number two, there was no answer, and that's the problem. And that's where uh, groups like New York Farm Bureau uh, can certainly play a very important role in asking that question of the state. Okay, you've you've got this climate action plan. How are we going to do this, folks? You know, where where is this pie in the sky plan? Uh, to convert and pay for it, billions of dollars it's going to take. How are we going to pay for converting our food processing plants in New York State all over to electric? How's that magically going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> no so, answer. <laughs> and, and, you know, the amazing thing, even if, even if you were able to say, okay, uh, We've got we've got a kitty of money that's just bulging, and uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna just totally rebuild our electric grid, our infrastructure. Uh, we got all kinds of money yet. There's not even enough supplies to do it. I mean, think about it. 
Oh. Wire, poles, uh, transformers, electronic components. Uh, I mean, you wouldn't, there wouldn't be the ability to source that amount of material in that short a pe- period of time. No. And the labor to do it. No. You know, the technology isn't there to come up with that kind of power with uh, so-called green energy. Yeah. Well, it's, and... So we're looking at it here in Jefferson County because we we have an opportunity with one of the projects we're trying to develop with the solar panel manufacturer. Um, So we're using that as a catalyst to look at this issue. You know, it would take, for either one of our dairy plants, it would take at least, at least a 10 megawatt solar project to be able to feed into that plant. And even then... I don't think that takes into account the the heating uh, processes that they have. I think that's just general energy needs. I don't know that that totally replaces their natural gas usage. So you figure that out. A 10 megawatt project, that's a pretty good size solar project. Where do you put it? Exactly. Where do you yeah. put it? Now, here in Jefferson County, we're fortunate there are some options out there, but uh, you take a place like Utica, where there's where there's a dairy plant right in the city. Um, how how do you put a ten megawatt project feeding that plant? If you don't site it right there at next to the plant, then you've got to build like Ron was just saying. You've got to build infrastructure to get the power that's generated, you know, thirty miles away. You've got to have the infrastructure to get that power to the plant. Right. And our our electric grid right now just is is not there, and I, it's not going to be there in that amount of time, in that short amount of time. So, anyways, it was it was a really interesting uh, conversation on on that, and um, the fact that there were no answers. Which again, I'm not faulting the panelists. I'm hoping that the next time they are involved in that discussion that they stop and think and say, uh, how are we going to do this with all our food processing companies? Because if you if you start to impact, negatively impact our food processing companies because you're requiring them to convert to net or to electricity, um, and you're telling them, oh, well, you know, you got to do this, and those plants start to either shut down, leave, whatever, now all of a sudden you're having that ripple effect on the whole farm economy because you take away our dairy plants, well, where does our milk go from our dairy farms? To our dairy plants. So what are we going to do about that? We need to start having some common sense answers put in place of this plan and how it's going to work. Or say, okay, the plan, the way it's written, doesn't work, and we need to rethink this and revise it. Let's be honest about the whole issue. That's what we need to do. Well, maybe you opened a few eyes. It sounds like you did. Well, we'll see. We'll see. So the other thing, I want to wrap up talking about the conference. The other thing, and this to me was the most poignant moment, probably the most common, well, not most common, but one of the things that everybody would say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But how often are we not thinking about this? And it's it's a, a huge thing for our agriculture. And that, that was what uh, Chris Lawton, he, he works for Farm Credit East. He was the moderator of the final session of the day that I attended. 
which was talking about, let's see, where'd you go, Chris? Uh, he was talking about um, being involved in agriculture, uh, being at the table. And Chris started his remarks off by saying, if you're not at the table, you are on the menu. And to me, when he said that, I sat there and I said, you know, that is the most poignant moment of the whole day. <laughs> Those are profound words. Those are profound words. And that's what Farm Bureau is all about, is being at the table. So, and Ron, I know you said uh, at the beginning of the podcast that you have been involved in the past, right? Yes, yes, yeah. And... You know, we used to go to lobby days. I mean, I don't know how many times I went to Albany, um, you know, and we would we would trape the halls, uh, you know, of, of the Assembly and Senate down there and meet with downstate legislators. And it was fulfilling and frustrating at the same time back then because you really wondered, are they really listening? But you knew if you weren't there, they weren't going to hear it, period. Right. So at least you were in their face giving them your perspective. Unfortunately, nowadays, I, I really worry that they don't even listen anymore. They, and I think, you know, the farm labor situation, the overtime bill was a great example where, you know, the ag industry came together, all facets of ag came together they attended hearings in, in massive amounts. Producers took time to do interviews, to do testimonies. You know, 70 plus percent of the testimony was not in favor of lowering the overtime threshold. And that included employees and employers and agribusiness people. And yet our downstate legislators still rammed that through. Yeah. And 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 that's my my real fear now is that you know we're still at the table farm bureau does a great job we're we're but we may still be on the menu even though we're uh, you know we're we're just being it's almost like we're being being just tore apart no matter what we do and and that comes down to, you know, an industry, an ag sector that's shrinking, certainly. You know, there's less and less of us involved. It's an aging population, certainly. And the younger folks in the industry tend to shy away from getting involved. Uh, that's just the nature of that generation. Um so, boy, it really puts us in a tough spot. Well, Ron, won't this uh, this farm labor bill, won't it put people out of business, period? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, and it was proven, you know, time and again, that this will literally put farms out of business. You know, there's no getting around that, Al. It will definitely put farms out of business. And, and you know, there's going to be there's going to be some of these green energy policies that are going to put not just farms out of business, but processing businesses and, and support businesses out of Yeah, business. I can see them packing up and going someplace else. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead, Ron. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Jay. Uh, I was I was going to say, it's, it, it definitely, definitely, it, what you said is right. There were uh, the turnout from the ag industry to try to educate and encourage 
the uh, New York State Legislature to to rethink going down the road of lowering that overtime threshold to 40 hours. A huge effort and overwhelming testimony indicating that they shouldn't do it. And they did do it anyways. It's fascinating, isn't it, that uh, the farm laborers themselves realize that their jobs are on the line. Yeah, there were people that testified, farm workers that testified, don't do this. You're hurting me because the farms are going to have to change the way they do business so that they don't get hurt by, in order to stay in business, they've got to figure out, okay, how do we change it so that we don't pay an extraordinary more amount of money uh, that we can't afford? We can't, we can't raise the price of the products we sell because the consumers won't buy it from us. They'll buy it from China because it'll bring it in on a ship. This entire issue seems like politicians looking for a problem to solve that isn't there. Well, it wasn't so much that they even wanted to solve a problem. It was that they had an alternative agenda driven of by course. others. Yeah. And that's that's what that's what was happening. It, it was an alternative agenda driven by other parties that sure. um, they were trying to satisfy. Politics in yeah, New how, York. how often we see that. But I want to go back to, because it, you know, if I was a young person listening to this podcast right now, I'd be saying, okay, well, based on what Jay, Ron, and Ale just said, why should I ever get involved? Why should they get involved? Uh, uh, there's no reason to, a- actually, uh, if you're talking about getting into the business as a young person. No, 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 getting involved in, like, Farm Bureau. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You've but got why? somebody You've why? got somebody there, a voice that's actually heard. Yeah, okay. So, Ron, I'm going to ask you the same question. Why? Why Why would you get involved? Well, I think it's for the same reason I was always involved, Jay, is that, you know, you, you know, he and Chris at the meeting was absolutely right. You, you have to keep hammering your story because there's, there's other voices. I mean, Jay, I can remember being down in Albany. And it would be lobby day in rolls up front of the Capitol building of half a dozen buses. And it would be the New York City Teachers Union. And they would go out on the street and they would solicit individuals to take a bus ride up to Albany for the day. They'd give them lunch, they'd give them a t-shirt, and they'd give them a packet of information. And it was their job. They'd pay them a little stipend for the day. And it was their job to just absolutely overwhelm the Capitol that day with the message of the New York City Teachers Union. I'm just using that as an example because there was others that did the same thing. Hmm. So then here we are, a bunch of farmers down there trying to get our message across, trying to get, you know, our time with a with a downstate legislator and. You have to make that effort. I mean, it's it's uh, even as as much as I get discouraged about it, and in my older age, my patience is certainly not there uh, like it used to be. But for the younger people, you have to make the effort. You just absolutely have to, and you have to get involved. Just like you need to get involved with your school boards and your town boards and other things, you have to get involved. Yeah, no, and that is an important message that both of you have said 
that even though it might be discouraging at times and you might lose some of the battles, um, you will lose all of them that you're not at the table voicing your concerns, your opinion. At. That there is, there the, is power in numbers. Yeah, that is the one guarantee that we can promise is that if you're not at that table voicing your concerns, voicing your opinion, you will lose that battle. That's the guarantee. That is the absolute guarantee. So uh, you've got a choice. You can you can be at the table voicing uh, what you think is right for agriculture or for anything in that matter, if you're, your, your school boards, your town boards, and so on. Or you can sit at home and never go beyond the mailbox. And you, you will be guaranteed in that case, if you sit at home and never go beyond the mailbox to participate in your community, in your industry, uh, you are guaranteed that you won't be heard at that point. Right. So, um, you know, I, I, I think Chris Lawton from Farm Credit East, that whole statement, if you're not at the table, you are on the menu. Um, that was the most poignant statement made the the entire time I was at the conference. So uh, kudos to Chris Lawton. So, well, gentlemen, I think we've been on our soapbox a little bit. Yeah, we have. But, hey, that's what we're good at. <laughs> it's good to be back on it. <laughs> we, we built it a little bit bigger, Al. Uh, we, we got you, man. We got you. So, uh Anyways, I think we need to wrap up uh, the show for today. Al, it is fantastic to see you, sir. Well, thanks a lot, Jay. It's great to be back with both you guys. And ho, 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 Merry Christmas. And I said Merry Christmas. Oh, boy. He's trying to cause trouble, Ron. Yeah. Well, Merry Christmas to you, Al. Thanks, Ron. All right, guys. I think that is a wrap for today, folks. You have a fantastic day. Remember, buy local. Uh, Looking for that crazy or that uh, fun or the most difficult person to buy for uh, for the holiday season? Uh, Buy local. Uh, Buy some food. Uh, If anybody wants to buy me food and it's local, I'm happy. My favorite present. Yeah, absolutely. All right, folks, take care. Thank you for tuning in to Jay Madison's Rural America. Make sure to join us weekly. If you have any questions about the show, call Jay at 315-782-5865. For more information, visit www.agricultureevents.com or jcida.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Jay Madison's Rural America.